And I'm the digital... Re- oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Is that a Do family I just name? Say you're, it the, again? you're the digital instead of the reference. Yeah, I know. Is that a family name? I'm the digital Do Jackie Pippen. Do I just Pippen. say it again? What do digital I do? Jackie yeah, just, just say it again. Yeah, just Wait, do like I say Ma- hi? I don't know what to say yeah, anymore. Yeah, just pretend like Maya just finished saying what she was going to say. I'm the youth minister here, and, then I, and I'm... Wait, do I say hi before I say my no, name? How does this work and. anymore? You just say, and I'm oh, Jackie okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm ready. And I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the Digital Resource Curator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the faith to go podcast You're a one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Director of Faith Formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And I'm Maya Little-Sonia, and I'm the Youth Minister here. And I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the Digital Resource Curator. Jackie, how is Japan today? Winter is coming. Winter is coming. I thought winter came. Well, it's starting to get cold. It started to snow in the mountains, but it hasn't gotten to us yet. It's coming. Again. It's coming. It's here. Again, like it does every year. Yes. But I've been talking to some people, mm-hmm. my peeps, if you will. <laughs> and I will. Um, and I guess red dragonflies signify a bad winter. Oh. And mm. I have been seeing mm-hmm. red dragonflies everywhere. Wow. Um, da, da. <laughs> well, that is a fun fact about Japan, isn't it? Yeah. red. Dra- there are red dragonflies. Cool. Well, and you don't of, want to see them because but winter. That's not the fun fact about speaking Japan. of fun facts, um, <laughs> for those people who are new to listening to the podcast or for our longtime listeners, as you know, we like to start off every podcast with a fun fact segment. Originally, we had fun facts about Japan because that's where Jackie lives. And when my son George was born over the summer, we switched to having fun facts about George for a few weeks. And what we realized was we didn't want to have to pick one or the other. <laughs> so we combined them into a segment we call George Pan Venn Diagram, where we find the commonalities between fun facts about George and fun facts about Japan. So George is three months old, actually almost four months old. That's crazy. Yep. So I think um, Japan is much older, so that's not going to be one. But um <laughs> Maya has <laughs> Maya has the Japan fun fact for today, and then we'll see if it connects with a George fun fact at all. So in Japanese folklore, there is a reptilian kind of turtle-like imp demon. And this, um, this creature is called a kappa, and it's uh, amphibious, and it mainly dwells within the rivers and ponds of Japan. And there is a one distinguishable... Well, very distinct feature of the kappa, mm. besides any other amphibious reptile imp demon that you may know. Mm-hmm. And this feature is that it has a depression on its head mm. that they call the dish. Mm-hmm. And the dish holds water. And if the water is spilled out or the dish is somehow damaged, then the kappa is severely weakened in its powers. It has no more powers. I see. And, uh, which, actually, we don't know what the powers are, besides just being kind of a nuisance. But Yeah. So it's got a little dip in its head. It does. A, a big, yeah, a little, little divot. Uh, depression, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's interesting you should say that. <laughs> because uh, if you know that babies, their skulls are in three different sections so that they can 
their head can squeeze through the birth canal when they're being born. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so for the first number of months of their lives, their skull isn't totally fused together. So there's like a soft spot on the top front of their head. Would you say it's like a divot? So it is pretty much, it's a divot and like you can, mm. yeah, you can see where the, this it's just skin and there's no skull bones underneath it yet. So there you go. So so both <laughs> so both George and the Kappa mm-hmm. are creatures with divots in their heads. And Say what? Yes. I think we're gonna need to send this one to the so judges. So this is gonna go to the judges. Remember, guys, it doesn't have to be unanimous. It just has to be a majority. So that's just two out of three. We're gonna go to the judges, and we have one thumbs up. A thumbs down and a thumbs up. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. That's judge what number, we needed. Judge number three. Hello. <laughs> so that's two out of three. Uh, support this George Pan Venn diagram. So that is technically a win, though not unanimous. Uh, that was a close one. But Woof. thank you for the divots and uh, thanks everybody for playing. Uh, the thing. <laughs> I do have a correction that I forgot to do last week. You always have it. Yeah, for I have my little napkin correction, here. Correction, napkin. Correction. Um, I said that the we talked about the baby boxes two mm-hmm. weeks ago, and I was wrong. I said that they were from Sweden, but they actually are from Finland. Mm. So it was they're they're a Finnish product, mm-hmm. not a finished product, but a Finnish product. <laughs> or both. Or both. They are complete. That's true. Okay. So thanks, everybody, for playing. And I hope you join us next week for George Pam and Diagram. But now we are going to get into the gospel, which is the gospel reading for Proper 27, um, which is November 11th. And like every week, our Faith to Go resources, which will hopefully guide your faith discussions at home, are all based on the gospel for this Sunday. And it is Mark twelve thirty eight to 44. So Jackie is going to read the gospel reading. And then we are each going to take a moment to highlight one theme from the gospel that you can take into your conversations this week. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put more in more than all of those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. All right, so this is uh, the end of chapter 12 in Mark, which is a couple sections later than um, last week's Mark reading, which was also from chapter 12. Um you might this reading might sound familiar because last fall we had a similar reading from Matthew where Jesus is denouncing the scribes and in that one 
uh, Jesus includes in this list of things that they wear, that they wear their tassels long and their phylacteries wide. So Mark doesn't include the thing about the tassels and the phylacteries, interestingly. But that's why it sounds familiar because it's the same – it's a version of the same uh, saying from Jesus, but this one is from Mark. So uh, Jackie has the first point for this gospel reading. Yeah, here I am. There you are. Um, Mine comes from verse uh, 38. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces. Um, and this notion of their, like, their long robes signify um, how rich they are. Uh, and, and I think in our lives, we have these things that we wear and that we, and that we put on both physically and, and not that we use to show our richness. Um, and, you know, as, as a modern day millennial, I have all of my appropriate, uh, Apple products, uh, and these, these things that I carry around. And even though I don't use it to tell the world that I'm very technologically literate or, or anything like that, those, those things come off to people around us. And so what are things that we do? Because we might like them, because we, because we enjoy having them in our lives that also show forth our abundance or these things that we are using to clothe ourselves in this knowledge or wisdom that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that the, it can also be non-material things. Um, you know, in high school, I used to really enjoy soccer. Um, and soccer was something that I used as something that gave me great joy, but was also something that was sometimes an excuse to get out of other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I played soccer in high school, you know, I got to miss the last class period on days when we had games, or sometimes I had to miss church because we had practice. And so what, what are these things that we use and that we clothe ourselves with that give us knowledge and give us joy and give us these things, but are ultimately keeping us away from our faith also. Mm. Uh, that goes really well into actually my what my point is. Okay. Let's do it. Um, because mine is about the widow and the distinction and the truth that Jesus is trying to teach in this story. Because I think it, while it is about, it focuses on money, I think it's about more than money. So... I like what I love what uh, you said, Jackie, because it made me think that it made me think about um, this connection with the between that Jesus is drawing between these scribes and the widow, and Jesus is saying, you know, this look at this like look at these people that are what are supposed to be the the models and the exemplars of faith, like what what are they doing? What they're doing is putting on a big show to to convince everybody of how much faith they have. And he said that that's not faith what what they're doing. That is a show. Look at this widow here. This is what faith is. And so Jesus draws this distinction at the end in this verse. Um, she's put in more for all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. And what the, 
if you look at the Greek for that last verse, it makes it even more clear what he's trying to say. And this word for abundance is like, it's not like they have a lot and so they gave a lot. It's like, like a surplus? It's like what's left over. The, uh, the word for abundance could also be the, the leftovers. It's like they gave what they gave from what was left over after they bought everything that they needed for themselves. Like they gave what they didn't need. And, but he says the widow has given out of her poverty. And that word poverty is also need. You can also translate it need. So these, the rich people have given out of what they don't need. And she has given everything that she needs to survive. And I think that's, that's kind of ties back to the scribe that he's talking about in the beginning. Um, saying like, it's like, it's about what she's, she is showing what, what faith looks like. Faith isn't about certainty. It's not about showing how much you know. It's not about being more certain than everybody else. It's not about those long-winded prayers. It's about um, not knowing what's going to happen. Because all the rich people have have made sure that they're safe and secure and then given what's left. She has given up her safety and security in order to give this money that she has. So that makes me think of this story that I have from when I was a kid. My dad was an Episcopal priest, and uh, he did this illustration with as a children's sermon for Easter. I think it was on Good Friday, maybe. Oh, I don't know when it was. It might have been Good Friday. It was like during That's Holy Week. That's a good, good Week. Friday one, yeah. So, um, but I think it actually works better for this story um, because what he did was he asked all the kids. I was probably eight years old or something. He asked all the kids to bring their favorite toy to church, and that's all he told anybody. I knew, uh, with some insider information, because the priest was my dad, that um, that the toys were going to be like, like we were going to be asked to like donate the toys to like give the toys away, and that so we were going to bring a toy like our fa- supposed to bring our favorite toy, and they were going to be taken away, which I did not want to happen. No. So I brought I I brought a toy that I didn't really want. <laughs> And that I didn't really need and, you know, that didn't really make me uncomfortable to give away. And um, what ended up happening is that he, we brought these toys. I gave him this toy that I didn't want anymore. And then one kid, like, brought his, like, favorite Game Boy and, like, brought his PlayStation. And, like, you know, they were way better than me. But um, a, anyway, they he took all these and is, like, an illustration of, like, the, the pain and sorrow of losing something you really care about and then the joy of getting it back in like the death and then the resurrection he at the end of the service had all the kit all the all the toys that the kids had given someone went back in the back of the church and wrapped them all mm. and then gave them to the kids at the end so i oh, got of that. Yeah. i got back this wrapped up toy that i didn't want and um what I realized when I was reading this, think it made, this story made me think about that because it's like when I, when you give out of your own comfort, you like miss out on the opportunity for growth, and I, that's kind of what Jesus is. I think so. Showing here is yeah. like, yeah, you might like you might be comfortable 
these the rich people are comfortable because they ensure their comfort and then give out of what they don't need anymore. But they're missing out. They're missing out not because of what there is going to be like, not like on some return on investment, but yeah, no. yeah, there's just Absolutely. such, such like fertile spiritual ground in that discomfort. So I kind of took, I was thinking of this also beyond money because it, like J- David had mentioned, it brings out a lot of, it evokes a lot of imagery and parallels um, with when Jesus was talking to the rich man and he's, and, and I think it was like what, two readings ago, two episodes ago we talked about this but it was the rich man was asking him you know how can i get into heaven and he says sell all your things and it is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of god and then you know rich man's heartbroken and Mm -hmm. then the disciple and then jesus says this is the case for you as well and the disciples are like wait hold up we have given up everything we have sold everything we've to follow you. And he's like, uh, have you though? Okay. And I think it says something when you were talking about the abundance that these rich people had, where they had given a large amount, but they hadn't given everything. Mm. And so I think that translates beyond money into, and how the widow had given everything, but into our need for control. Because you had mentioned this is her livelihood. And the way that in this world we know how to take care of ourselves, like practically, is with finances, with budgeting, um, to attain our livelihoods, to the things necessary for life, food, shelter, whatnot. And she had given up the way that she knew how to take care of herself or that the world expects we take care of ourselves and surrendered it to God. And I think it's more... It's definitely less about finances, not less about finances, but also about when we feel like we can take care of ourselves. We can handle of our, all of our relationships. We can t- handle the pressure of life without asking God for help and mm-hmm. just thinking that we've got it. Mm-hmm. Um, we're crushing it and without... Like, without, without the humility that the poor widow has or without the kind of trust that the poor widow has because it's not necessarily that we just it's scared it's hard to give trust into the unknown and that's what faith really is and so it's kind of surrendering our need for control Uh as the poor widow had done because that's how she could control her situation for what little she had right yeah and jesus like yeah jesus is i think jesus is saying this is about it's not about that it's not that the rich people haven't given enough it's not like rich people you need to give more money it's it's about resources and about how our resources can be both a a hindrance to our growth and they can be a tool for our growth and it's up to us how we're gonna which way we want to interact with them and it's not just about money because it's about spiritual resources and emotional resources and relationship resources and time resources. And the idea, like in that St. Francis prayer, that in giving we will receive. It's like it's, it's not, again, an inter- a return on investment that if I put my money in the pot, I'm going to get something back. It's that giving is receiving. And there's a fine balance, right? Like we need... We need to take care of ourselves. You can't be like, I haven't given enough. Right. But, um, 
But she is not just, being in a place of comfort. Yeah. She is like the picture of discomfort. She is the picture of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. She is the most vulnerable among them. Like a widow has no power. And what little microscopic power she had, she just gave right. it to the people that exactly. had all the power. The only thing she had to take... Exactly. It says, Jesus' criticism of the scribes says they devour widows. Yeah, and, and is, their livelihoods. Who, where do you think the money she's giving is going to go to? Well, it's going to go robes. to fund the... <laughs> right. How that, do you think the scribes get the long right, robes? Right, that fabric isn't cheap it's by like the she's, bolt. <laughs> it's not... Again, it's not about where the... It's not about the money. You know, Jesus is saying it's not about the money. It's about the giving. It's and about the spiritual, advantage. right? It's about the spiritual process. It's about the journey. It's about the journey of the giving. It's not about where it's going. Because if she was smart, she'd give it somewhere else. Or right. you know, it's not save it. Okay. Or she would save it, right? Right. You know, get an actual it's, return on investment. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's about more than the money, but the money is a pathway by which that growth can come. That vulnerability. Uh, it's about just how we're engaging with it. Yeah. You know. Precisely. And not avoiding it and not being afraid of it. Okay. So we have three points then. Um, point number one was Jackie's. And it was about those things that we're using to cover ourselves up, to keep ourselves from being vulnerable, but which ends up uh, keeping us from real relationship and really experiencing God and uh, growth. Um, the second one was mine, which was about, you know, the importance of discomfort in our spiritual lives and the fertile ground that discomfort can provide us, uh, and that we can actually seek out, like Jesus is saying, in our giving of any of those resources. And Maya's was about, um, the spiritual aspect of vulnerability and the vulnerability that this widow um, displayed and the importance uh, for that spiritual journey of being able to give out of our need and not out of our abundance. So um, after hearing that discussion, Jackie is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything new the second time you hear it. Mark 12 38 to 44. As he taught, he said, Beware of the scribes, who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. All right, that is our episode for this week. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, make sure to go check out all of those faith to go resources at www.myfaith2go.org. Send us any questions, comments, or stories from your week uh, to faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org. Um, make sure to follow us on Instagram at faith2go. And our podcast is now 
listed on Episcopal Cafe. So you can check out Episcopal Cafe, look up uh, the Faith to Go podcast, Mm -hmm. look up some other interesting podcasts there, and make sure to rate and review the podcast so that other people can find it. We'll be back in your podcast feed next week on November 18th for Proper 28, which and we are getting very close to the new year of lectionary. But until then, right. say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.